That was certainly a thing. Uh, do, 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 do. Ah. That's what happened. Yeah, I got concerned when Joe messaged me because I was like, does that mean Joe's not coming? No, it's because I thought I saw technical change playing, so I thought... Yeah, no, it's fine. I'll just call Nick. It'll be fine. Barry, how have you not weed yet? <laughs> I need to go again. That'll be my third time. You're not, you're not going at this precise moment, are you? I say... Rude. Hello? <laughs> Hi. Hi, Hi, Stacey. Hi, Barry. How's it, how's it going? It's going good. Yeah, we've had no, a busy day. I thought you just called me Stacey. <laughs> it's a nice name. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like I should I should yes. quantify for other people that um, that Joe's in the process of moving house. Yeah. Uh, living on his own for the first time and decided to do that the week of the live show. <laughs> so th- so thank, thanks for that, mate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> good call, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been hectic, but we've uh, yeah, um, got things got things sorted. Good. And you also decided you. As long as to the internet works and you're here and it's fine. You yeah. also decided to try and drive me from your house to your house, which is what about 15 miles away. Yeah, in, in black country traffic just before the podcast started. Yeah, you can imagine my anxiety <laughs> state. So I was like, "Are we going to get there? Come on, it's, it's green! Go, 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 go!" Yeah, the smell of burning yeah. tire rubber didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're here. Only slightly panicked. But you made it, and more importantly, no, no one's dead. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. It's got. I think we've got a lag again, haven't we? I think possibly. possibly. <laughs> I haven't noticed it yet. Oh, ah. no. Okay, should we just... Uh... Okay, it's all right. I've noticed I've been talking over you already, which is not good. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem is once you notice there's a lag, then suddenly the lag becomes more laggy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then everyone talks all like at once. Knows. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I was going to get you to introduce yourselves to the to the listening world, but I feel like I should just tell Barry... That Joe is one of my colleagues, and that's how that's why I'm so like cool right now. Because <laughs> oh, this, yeah. oh, right, okay. Yeah. This is right. me being cool. This was you. This is you being cool. Okay. This is me being cool. Good to know. A sandwich in my face. Good, good to know. Because yeah. I wouldn't have known otherwise. So thanks. yeah, yeah. Me, me and Stacey, right. yeah, we mm. we know everything about each other. All of our terrible music tastes. So yeah, we go way right. back. <laughs> okay. Oh, shut up, mate. My music taste is. Uh, it's definitely a taste. Mine's, mine is impeccable. I'll have everyone know. <laughs> anyway, shall we go? Shall, we've got a quiz prepared. Okay. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to have a? I know. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, are you? Yeah, we've got a chase style quiz. quiz. I don't know We're going to attempt to have a quiz, it, but I'm I'm very excited oh. for it. See, I feel like this is going to be the segment where Joe. Pisses all over us. I oh, don't no, 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 no. I've, I've already I, can I say, I hope it's not. <laughs> I've already tested this out on Joe not, and not I get the feeling that you now. don't need to worry. <laughs> My pop culture knowledge when it comes oh. to music is, is appalling. I only know hipster stuff and things no one knows about. I don't know about Britney Spears and <laughs> Katy Perry. I don't anyway. know about Britney Spears. Oh, I, know, I know about Katy Perry. I know how oh, bad God. her latest Here album we go. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow, this 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 Me is going to be a car crash. This, this is going to be so bad. But go on. Let, let's do, let no let's do it. I'm confident. Okay. We're going to win okay. or something. Joe, Joe's going to be the keeping <laughs> score because I have too many things to hold at once right now. Yeah, so I could very easily cheat. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you don't you, cheat, you actually Joe, probably I'll will punch lose. you next time I see you at work. 
Yeah. So basically, <laughs> Chase Darkers and I'm the Chaser. I haven't come up with a Chase Chase name yet. That's what the, you... the hipster. The hipster. The hipster. The annihilating hipster. Oh. Oh, I like that. Do you like I don't hipster? like that. I okay. think just the hipster. Okay, I'm just the hipster. <laughs> okay. And it's my, my destination. I, I, I like the hipster because simple. Simple, yeah. Okay. Simple. yeah. I mean, everyone else on the, on the chase is one, one word. Yeah. The barrister, the vixen, the, the antelope. Governess. The antelope. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really watched it. <laughs> it's not an antelope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically... How many minutes are they getting? Uh, uh, it's normally two minutes on the show. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys three minutes because I get the feeling there's going to be a lot of stopping and, as we've heard, there's a bit of a lag. Um, what's going to happen? I'm going to read out some questions. Um, you're going to answer them as quickly as possible. Um, I've got 30 prepared, so if you're too quick, then I'm going to run out I'm of so questions. Scared. So just keep that in mind. Um, then Oof. it's after you guys <laughs> after you guys do your time. I don't think we're in any danger of that. <laughs> After you guys do your turn, it's going to be Joe's turn. Now, Joe's catch is that every time he gets one wrong, it's going to stop the clock. You guys get a chance to answer. If you get it right, you push back his score by one. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a chance. You don't have to Oh, chase rules. I like it. I, I did I did already oh, test terrible. your questions out on Joe, and Joe did horribly. <laughs> I, I, I won't spoil <laughs> That doesn't mean we're going to do any better. Yeah. Well, at least there are two of you. Anyway, shall we get this started? Oh, oh. Just, just to say, yeah. I always think yeah, we have well. to accept first answers. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we have to accept yeah. first answers. Oh, but before we start, should should you not tell the people in the cheap seats what you actually do, your podcast and who you are? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a thought. Oh, man. I'm going to eat the rest of this sandwich while you've got <laughs> So we are F Sharp, A Sharp Revisited, the music review podcast where we usually re- review what the latest music releases are, but we do other things as well, like cover classic releases or listen to worst of lists according to Wikipedia, like we did this morning. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> and by cover classic songs, you made me cover My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Coming soon. Yeah, it's coming be great. soon. <laughs> There's a banjo in it. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that song is dreadful. <laughs> Joe, Joe, is, Joe is an evil person, hence his nickname, the music critic yeah, supervillain. I, I introduce myself mostly as the music critic supervillain. Sometimes, if I'm feeling by some, the music critic reasonable person. And since I'm a Gemini, sometimes I'm both at once. And Nick is. <laughs> yeah, you change my nickname every week. Yeah, you know, spice it up a bit. <laughs> but anyway, F sharp, A sharp, revisited. <laughs> Ah, right, so should we actually start the quiz Excellent. now? Yeah, Good. so so Nick's going to do his best uh, impression. Let's quiz, let's quiz. I, I, can't, I can't do Bradley Walsh Ooh. impressions. Uh, dad jokes. Yeah, dad jokes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Badly <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> anyway, the clock is going to... Yeah, let's just crack on. Yeah, let's start with it. The clock is going to start in five, four, <laughs> three, two, one... Oh, Go. What is the best-selling album of all time? Pass. Pass. <laughs> what was the name of Coldplay's 2008 album? That was correct. Yeah, you can yeah. have that. What is the name of Coldplay's 2008 album? Was that one parachutes? Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Okay, parachutes. Wrong. It was Viva La Vida. Which artist featured on Fun's 2011 hit single <gasps> We Are Young? Janelle Monáe. That's correct. 
What is the biggest number? Barry's looking at me with a face, but I know it is. <laughs> what is the biggest number of official <laughs> members to be Paramore at any one time? Oh, shit. Uh... Oh, I've got nothing. Let's say five. Okay, five. That's correct. How many tracks are there on Radiohead's soft yes! from the Benz? I love this album. It's my favourite Radiohead album, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Let's say 11. 11. 12. Who composed the music? Oh, ball bags! And the Last Crusade. <laughs> John Williams. That's correct. Which musician makes a cameo as a talent show judge in Back to the Future? Huey Lewis. That's correct. Weird Al Yankovic's parody of Riding by Chamillionaire is called what? Pass. White and Nerdy. Which Joss Whedon project includes the songs My Freeze Ray, Bad Horse Chorus and My Eyes? Uh, Dr. Horrible. That's correct. Which instrument opens the song My Hero by Foo Fighters? Drums. Correct. <laughs> Drums. Don't look at me like that. In the, See? What? I'm the boss. I know what I'm doing. <clears throat> In the year 2000, which song featuring Rob Thomas won Record of the Year at the Grammy Awards? Please tell me it wasn't Smooth by Santana. It was Smooth by Santana. It's the only song I know featuring Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the best-selling female artist of all time? <laughs> Let's just say Madonna. It was Madonna. Madonna. Yeah, let go on. Oh, is it? Four crotchets is equal Get to how it. many minims? <laughs> I don't know. Has, Barry, no, my dad wasn't got any ideas. Sorry, oh. I was just being excited. Has to guess. <laughs> are you, are you, have you got a guess for that one? For what was the question? Four crotchets is equal to how many minims? <laughs> the correct answer was two. The song You Can't Hurry Love was originally recorded by which group? I have no idea. No, it's not Phil Collins. Oh, no, that not, wasn't the original. Not was the it? Supremes, is it? It was the Supremes. We might as well guess that because we don't know. <laughs> okay. Finish the next line of these lyrics. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Just... It's the hundred miles song with the bouquets. No, it's can't... not. Isn't it's it? not, oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. And you have run out of time. I'm going to kick myself when he says just... this, but I'm not going to know. You have run out of time, unfortunately. The correct answer was, I bring the rains down on Africa. Toto. Fucking <laughs> shit biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> so, How did we do? You, did we actually get some points? You got ten, so not bad. Yeah, you got six more than Joe did. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'm winning this. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a chaser. Yeah, yeah you, did, you did all right, peasants. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs>
I'm going. I'm going to. No. Annihil- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to annihilate you. Right. <laughs> Joe, are you ready? Are you ready for your okay. set of questions, Joe? Yeah, let's. Okay, let's go. I'm going to give you a little bit of um, extra time, seeing as there was a bit of a delay. It wasn't quite three minutes, so you're going to get four. I mm. still don't think you're going to do well enough. I'd, I'd rather have three. I don't. I'd, I'm, I'm a chaser. Oh, I'm supposed look, at, to be. look at Mr. Big Balls here. He thinks <laughs> that he can do it in three minutes. We'll see. I've got. <laughs> I've got ten to catch. I've got ten to catch. I reckon. Okay. I reckon I can do this. I'm going to have to stop the clock so many times for this. Yeah, I'm going to get so many wrong. Okay. Let's, let's just. Go. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go. What is the name of Muse's <laughs> 1999 EP? Muscle Muse EP. Correct. How many members of the Cure are there? Four. Wrong. Stop no. the clock. Your turn to guess, Barry and Stace. Oh, do you know? Five. Ding. That's correct. Ten still to catch. (laughs) Carrying on. Points, bitch. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) We are (laughs) grandstanding so much right now and I don't know why. (laughs) Right. Resuming the clock now. Which male solo artist has sold the most albums? Oh, why would I know that? Um... Male solo artist. Prince? Wrong. Stop the clock. I'm going to say Michael Jackson. I'd say Michael Jackson, probably. That is also wrong. It is Elvis Presley. Okay. <laughs> okay, I can, I can uh, respect that. Oh, that yeah, makes okay. sense. I'm just glad it wasn't somebody like Robbie Williams. Oh, same, same, <laughs> same. I think I just wanted it to be Prince, to be honest, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Complete these lyrics. You would not believe your eyes if ten million fireflies. Those are the only two lines I know from that song. <laughs> well, guess. Um, when did these lines say ten million fireflies? I, I, no, I'm gonna pass. Pass. I don't know. He's passing it on to you guys. I don't even know what song that is. Do you, B? I know the song, but I don't. Yeah, I, I'm. I only know those those two lines. <laughs> We're gonna pass two. Then. We're gonna pass two. <laughs> you would not believe your eyes if ten million fireflies lit up the world as I fell asleep. That's so cheesy. That's always confused me. There's a line on it which is something like, "Yeah, I, would... I, I get a thousand hugs from ten thousand lightning bugs," and that always confused me. Like, is he getting a tenth of a hug from each lightning bug, or? Yeah. How, how does that work? Oh, it's, it's just, <laughs> or is he just getting electrocuted? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound pleasant if I'm going to be honest. Uh, that's Owl <laughs> City. What a weird guy. Okay, continuing the quiz. Yeah. Who is the singer of the song Despacito? Ugh. Oh, I actually don't know. I just know it's a non annoying song. I don't know. <laughs> Passing it on. I'm after pass. I actually don't know, but it's one of the worst songs ever made. Isn't it though? Okay, not helpful. No, it's yeah. not. Uh, but it's it's that's all I know about it is that it's shit. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna pass as well. Is it by Shitter and the Shits? I will accept that. <laughs> okay. No, then. The correct answer is <laughs> The correct answer is Louis Fonzi. I couldn't tell you. It took me like I had to Google that, I didn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> 
okay. It's not going to bother me how much time have I got left. You've got two minutes <laughs> ten because you've had to stop it so many damn times. <laughs> okay. okay, then. <laughs> Next question. Resume the time. Which Disney Channel original movie released in 2007 featured the hit song Bop to the Top? Why would I know that? <laughs> what are these questions? <laughs> they got me. They got questions about the music. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Bop to the Bop top. To, uh, the only, the only Disney uh, thing that I know is High School Musical, which is the correct answer. Hannah Montana Come on, Joe. Disney How did you not know, know that? that when that's boom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Eleven to catch, Joe. You are just oh my. Why would even if I knew that? Why would I say I would? <laughs> okay, let's let's continue. Okay. Let's go. Continuing. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the singer of the band No Doubt? I don't know the answer to oh that. My God, Joe. Joe. I Joe. I do. I think really. I really don't know the answer to that. I think I know. Go on then, Stace. You can do it. Gwen Stefani? Is the correct answer. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah. See? Stop booing bitches. (laughs) Okay. I did actually know that. I just completely (laughs) made that. So, yeah, okay. Let's continue. (laughs) Let's continue the quiz. Time continues now. What is the best Radiohead album? Kid A. No, that is the wrong correct. answer. Nice no, Joe, that's not the right <laughs> yes, answer. Yes, it is. No, correct. it's not. Yes, it is. Not the correct answer. Joe. Is correct. It's not. Is correct. No, is correct. No, is correct. No. I knew you were going to ask that as well. <laughs> I just knew. But yeah, it's kid eight. Let's let's question. Move on. Stace Barry, do you want to hazard a guess as to what the best Radiohead album is? Well, the thing is, my my favourite Radiohead album is the Benz, but I think you're going to say OK Computer. Is, is it OK that I say I'd have listened to Radiohead? Yeah, the, the correct answer is OK Computer <laughs> for the record. Okay, first one for that, minus one for, the for record, Barry saying he doesn't listen to Radiohead. For the record, Joe, if you'd said OK Computer, I still think that's <laughs> stuck to your principles. No, it's 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 Kid A. It's Kid A anyways. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I'm going to score this now. <laughs> Okay, let's Tend to catch. Let's carry on. <laughs> Which Ninja Sex Party song features the duo saving the future from abstinence? Oh, oh, it's the Rush parody, isn't it? No, it's it's something like sixty nine ninety six. Oh, no. so close, oh. Joe. Stace. I actually don't know, and I'm really annoyed because I really love Ninja Sex Party. Yeah, that's why I put the question in. I can't think oh. of the title of this song to save my life. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Oh Roger. no! Oh, it was incredibly close. Yeah, I know, but I don't remember the order of the numbers either. <laughs> Is it the same set of numbers then? Let's just say sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Is then, the correct answer. Oh goodness! I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay then, eleven. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a minute and thirty left. You've only <laughs> used up half your time. I've only got one question right as well. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go. I feel so much better now. <laughs> Me too. Continuing now. Who is headlining Reading Festival this year? Oh. Um. I tell you what. I, if you can get one of them right, I'll give you this point. I I actually don't know, so I'm just going to guess. Arcade Fire is one. 
That is a hundred percent absolutely wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn, guys. I haven't got a fucking clue. No, I haven't. I haven't um, got a clue. <laughs> Just name a band. I can't even think of a band now. I'm having a brain fart. No, I can't. Well, I, I can think of bands, but I know they'd all be wrong. Well, just just say a band. Just no, I'm not going to say a band. Just say any band. Well, you say God any damn band. it, Barry, don't embarrass no, me. Queen. Because I know it's not Queen. <laughs> it's not Queen, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm just saying a band now. All right, it's see? Not queen. I would have accepted Fallout Boy, Kendrick Lamar, or Kings of Leon. Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and oh I, yeah, it's really useful you remembering now. Joe, well, I don't, isn't re- it? I don't remember that. So I remember reading that. Leon, however, yeah. Right, I'll see Kendrick Lamar though. They are terrible. Aren't they? <laughs> Let's move on to another question. By the logic of having soul making you a soldier, what does having ham make you? A hamster. Yes, you got one right. Yes. Well done. <laughs> Proper music. (laughs) That's the best question I've ever heard. (laughs) Barry looks so confused. (laughs) I got There's a terrible killer song where there's a repeated lyric that goes, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Oh, okay. It's really bad. Right. Okay. Wow. Let's continue. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Which 2013 song by Robin Thicke was released to controversy regarding oh, its misogynistic lines. and super rapey themes? Yeah. Blurred lines. lines is correct. Which musician won the Nobel Prize for <laughs> Literature in 2013? Even I knew that one. Bob Dylan. Correct. Oh, on a streak. What is the world's softest metal? <clears throat> what? So it's something music from late. Well, it would be Mercury, I think. Wrong. The correct well. answer is Bon Jovi. Patrick Carney <laughs> wrote the Bojack Horseman theme music, but which rock band is the most well-known for drumming in? Sorry, repeat the question. Patrick Carney wrote the Bojack Horseman theme music, but which rock band is he most well-known for drumming in? I'm going to have to pass. I don't know. Any ideas? I genuinely have no idea. But you love Bojack Horseman. I know, and I love the theme tune, but I didn't know even who composed it. So. <laughs> One job. I am the worst. I'm sorry. One job. I tried. We're going to pass. <laughs> the correct answer is the Black Keys. Okay. Are we going to continue, okay. Joe? You oh, ready? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I don't think I'm winning at this point okay. unless I get some miracle <laughs> questions. Finish the next line. Hey, I'm grump. I'm not so grump. Pass. I don't know that. Joe doesn't know that one. <laughs> and we're the game group. Is the correct answer. <laughs> You call yourself a nerd. <laughs> Honest to God, Joe. <sighs> you can berate me later. <laughs> okay. okay, continuing. Which musical won the Best Picture Oscar for two and a half minutes? I don't watch award shows. They're rubbish. Everyone knows they're a sham. You have two seconds oh. left. Let's see if you can get another question after the... Oh, I know set. this one. Uh. <clears throat> So, which musical won the Best Picture Oscar for two and a half minutes? La La Land. That is the correct answer. Before okay, it was okay. rightfully handed to Moonlight. Okay. Eight questions to catch. You have two. So I'm just. I'm not going to bother with the time. I'm just going to give you the one more question. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I got up to in my list of questions. Where was Tony Christie asking for directions to? 
I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm passing. I think I know. Go on then. Is it Amarillo? This is Amarillo. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, that song Yay! track ages ago. Okay, is this the way to Amarillo? Nobody's ever cheered for Amarillo before. <laughs> oh, that song was so repetitive. Right, I, yeah, I have eight to catch. <laughs> no seconds left. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. Okay. I, it could have gone worse. No, that was about as bad as it could have gone. I could have, I could have not known about Bob Dylan. My mum would have crucified me if I didn't, but... I'm disappointed that neither of you knew about Bojack Horseman, though. <laughs> well, I think I actually really love the opening thing to Bojack Horseman, but I know. Oh, yeah, that's my ringtone. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I just so love great. the lo fi elements and just the. And the saxophone is so good. And the animation is great as well. He's so good at evoking just like the, the haziness of his character. Yeah. Should we talk about Bojack Horseman for a bit? I love Bojack Horseman. It's, so it's, it's my favourite animated show. <laughs> It's one of my favourites. One of my favourites. I, I also love Bojack. I think I think Bojack is one of the best conceived fictional characters of our generation. If I'm going to be honest, I think that is the biggest selling point of that show. Bojack himself. I like Mr. Peanut Butter. He's a giant golden retriever and he's funny. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> I will say that I think that. Also, P.F. Tompkins can do no wrong. So... Oh yeah, he's amazing. Like so good. My favourite part in the entire thing, uh, of the in the, the in the entire thing in the entire fourth season is the bit where he loses his phone and they chase it through a sewer underground and come across four turtles, each with the corresponding teenage mutant ninja cur- turtle <laughs> colours on. <laughs> I always love a good turtles reference. Good times. I've only seen about five. I think I've seen five episodes of the first season. Oh, what are you? What are you doing with your life? If we Barry? weren't podcasting for the next like, <laughs> yeah. apparently not a lot. <laughs> if if you weren't here with me podcasting for like the next eighteen hours, I would uh, full on kick you out of my house for that. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what this is what geek has become. This whole kind of like purity spiral. If you haven't seen this show, it's not. Yeah, don't talk to me. You've seen how many episodes? Get the fuck out of my house. I don't think it's bullying to just kick someone out of your house. I haven't said anything negative about you. I'm just like, I don't want you here anymore. (laughs) Okay. No, that sounds sounds perfectly reasonable to me. You know, I love you really. It's only japes, isn't it? Yeah, I love you. I love you really. Just get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) Just uh, see if your headphones can reach the back garden. And (laughs) (laughs) if you'd you'd let me finish, what I would have said was I enjoyed the five episodes that I've seen and I will go back to it at some stage. I just not got back to it. The thing is, were they the first five episodes of the first? Because I went and watched Rick and Morty. That's the point that it stops being sort of mediocre and gets really good. Yeah, you need to get to love the characters a little mm-hmm. bit and then, you know... The, get telescope, the, the telescope episode is the episode where it becomes really good. Yeah, that's when it became the show I thought, oh, this is going places. And and it did, so yeah. yeah. See, I, I always worry when people say that, when people say an episode, <laughs> when they don't just say, get to this season, it gets good, and people say, oh, once you watch that episode, that's when the show comes alive. I then go and watch the episode and I go, oh... Now, now, now I'm in a quandary now because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like 
I feel like I've, I'm, I'm on the outside. Now I've got to see those same people and then say to them, it didn't work for me. And I, they <laughs> so say, no, but have you seen the episode? And I go, I either lie and go, I haven't seen it. Or I go, I did and it was rubbish. And then we fall out. And I'm obviously looking too much into this. Yeah. And when, then, so and then the, Stacey kicks you out of house. It's an actual flow of events. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm still, I'm still like so annoyed that you didn't realise that there were past the credits parts on Rick and Morty for a really long time. Yeah, I know. Oh, Barry, to be honest, I didn't realise until too. like that was yeah, but I had the whole. <laughs> Thank you. You two are shit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I love you both. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I still stand by that. Um, see, we're completely off topic. I've got a whole list of questions, all four of them, but like. <laughs> You know, I, I think the Jaguar should have, should get his own spin-off show. I would watch that, to be fair. I'm going to finish this sandwich and then I'm going to go and have my third wee of the podcast so you can ask your questions. Oh, exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. I'd like to mention that just, I'm quite annoyed that hear, we didn't get far sure. enough in my questions for me to be able to ask you the question, um, what is the first song that Rick and Morty play for the Cromulons? Because you would you would have got that wrong, and then they could have swooped in and got it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Stacey's looking at me really bemused, like she has no idea what you've just asked. No, I do. I do know what he just asked, but I feel like it, it feels like a trick question. Is it? Yeah, I don't think it is, but it feels like. Well, what, I feel what, like. What would you have I said? I feel like Joe would know it was Get Swifty. Yeah. But if Joe, Joe said it was Joe Get Swifty, then that Joe wasn't didn't the know it was I Get thought, I thought Get Swifty came in later on the episode. So yeah, I'm not a big enough Rick and Morty fan. I'm sorry. No, the everyone. later one is uh, bending over and raising your posterior. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I just, uh, I'm going to go and have that wig, yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. Boy. Okay, enjoy it. <laughs> you do that, Stace. Wow. Yeah. I'll be right here when you get back because apparently I've got nowhere else to be. Well, outside um, is the place you need to be. Uh, so yeah, so guys, I'm... Yeah, yeah. If I play my cards right, I'll be on my way, on my way home soon. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, obviously, you do a music review podcast. Um, and the question I wanted to ask you is Are you vinyl, CD, or digital? I am a CD lover. I love collecting CDs. Well, I stream a lot of music, but if I decide I like it, I get the CD because I feel like that's the most direct way of supporting the artist. That's easier for me. See, I I love vinyl. I love the shape of it. I love the feel of it. I love how much you can fit into a vinyl sleeve. But then I spend all my money on vinyl, which I should be spending on an actual player for them because I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, vinyl is so expensive. Once I get a bit more expensive income, I will collect vinyls. And I feel like vinyls are a bit more, it is more of an exclusive club in your vinyl collection. You're only going to get the very best albums that yeah. you like. So, yeah. Cool. You've gone really, you sound like robots from my end. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's because we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's what all music critics are. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. So, the main reason I asked that is because I went away on a uh, holiday with my wife recently, and um, they actually they had a uh, a portable turntable there, and I thought, wow, that's crazy. They've got that that turn vinyls coming back into fashion now, because um, obviously when I 
was growing up, that was all we had with vinyl before CDs, which now shows my age. Um, and uh, I've got a whole load of uh, old vinyls down in the in my cellar, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna yeah. have to get. Uh, I'm thinking about getting the turntable. That's why. I you should. Yeah. yeah. Pardon me. If you'd have, uh, if you'd have said this a couple of months ago, we'd have had one. We could have given you. Oh, <laughs> oh. sorry. It's nice, isn't it? Well, that's that's nice to know now. Thank you. <laughs> sorry, guys. Why do you suddenly sound like the worst? Oh, that's thank you. Do <laughs> 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 you know what? A bit hoarse, but. <laughs> what, what's weird? What's weird is the lag. Because can you, if I say, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. See, so what's crazy is the lag is gone. But now they sound like the predator. <laughs> like clickety clacking and terrifying. Are you looking for my keys? Oh, They're crazy. in the little pink flowery bag on under the stairs. Get me a 99. Go on. Yeah, thanks, bruv. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you do things live for a few days. It was a whole ice cream conversation. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. What were you talking about while I was whizzing? Vinyl. Uh, vinyl, CD, or digital. Oh, okay. I'm all about the digital because I just can't be asked to store anything anywhere anymore. Yeah, I but feel it's the fun. Same My way. house isn't very big. And it's fun having a library of it and then you can show it off and have your favourite album covers out on display. So, yeah, I think that's what I like about it as well. Well, my um, I see this is a good segue into one of the reasons why we're doing this charity. So, obviously, I said at the beginning of this, um, part of the reason we're doing this charity is because my mum and my brother both passed away due to heart disease. But my my old that same brother, who's my oldest brother, he way back in the day he was a DJ. Oh. Um. So he used to um sort of go and do like, so we'd call him. Uh, he used to do raves and house parties and stuff like that. So he had a ridiculous record collection. Yeah. Like rooms full. It was just it was ridiculous. Mm. Um, and when we sort of sorted the house out, basically I had three stacks of uh, boxes of just records. And that's just, that's just the stuff that I've got. And my other two brothers have got the same amount of boxes in their houses and stuff like that. Um, and I never ever thought like vinyl would come back into fashion, which I think is really cool. Mm. Well, it's what all the hipsters are doing, really. So you know, if you get if you get <laughs> you, you just you just looked at me as you said that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my hubby has a massive problem with vinyl because he's a uh, he's like that. His problem is is a lot of the people who collect vinyl say that it's because it's how it was meant to sound. Like this is how the songs were meant to sound, and Rich was like, no, yeah, they were crap. recorded in studios. There was not supposed to be any hissing or clickety clacking or nonsense like that's yeah. that's not how they were intended to be heard at all. Uh, so he gets a bit cross about that. Yeah, I don't think for a second like it's how they there. should sound. Yeah. I just no. I, I think no. it's more just you know the sort of it's the technology at the time that's what they had to yeah. work with. So yeah, it's what they yeah. used. I, I mean, I one of the things I quite like about it now is the fact when. So I was just saying, when Sue and I went on holiday and they had a, um, a turntable there, when we put an album on, I couldn't just skip to the track I wanted to skip to because yeah. it was too much hassle. So I would just let the whole thing play. So I actually heard the whole album. Whereas since the, you know, since the invention of things like Spotify and uh, Amazon Music and stuff like that, it's very rare I sit and listen to an entire album. 
Me too. I was going to say me too, but I listened to a full album yesterday, so that would be uh, a complete lie. Oh, well done, Stace. Well, I mean, yeah, thanks, Stace. Get me. Rendering that point completely useless. I'm sorry. Well, to be fair, it's the first full album I've listened to for about three weeks, so it sort of sort of sits on your part, okay. all right? Well, it's kind of our, our job to listen to full albums. I think if we just listened to individual tracks, our show would be nowhere near as, you know, useful. Yeah. yeah. I also think though you guys are so brave because you will listen to stuff that you you actively know is very unlikely to impress you oh Oh, yeah oh yeah 30 seconds to Mars oh god why did you do that to yourself I didn't I I knew it was going to be bad but I didn't know how bad and I got to the third song Rescue Me which is just appalling it's so generic it's this generic EDM beat with simple guitar plucking it feels like it's going to go somewhere and it gets to the drop it gets to the chorus and it's the most ugliest thing I have ever heard in all my life. And I genuinely mean that. Yeah. It's so bad. You got really angry. I got really angry. I don't usually swear on podcasts, but I did. Oh, speaking of speaking of like making ourselves listen to bad music, the podcast that we've most recently recorded, it's not out yet. Uh, because Joe has been moving house, we decided to go for something that would be easy. Yeah. Which no was right. we've been looking at Wikipedia's list of music considered the worst and looking through the songs on that. Uh, I've never seen Joe as angry as I saw him this morning talking yeah. about talking about the cheeky girls. Oh, oh, mate! Oh, oh. I've forgotten that song existed, but then that bloody list—it <laughs> churns it out. It's so the auto the auto tune is so bad in that song. The melody they can't sing. The melodies are all so simple. The everything is bad in that song. <laughs> all over the place. I mean, the lyrics touch my bum. This is life. I mean, oh. <laughs> Please don't touch my bum. It certainly isn't life. <laughs> Joe objects to being called a cheeky boy. I object to that. I think that is that is you know slandering my character. I'm a <laughs> I'm an upstanding gentleman. Thank you very much. But I did. But the song that got me angriest, I think, was "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt. That. Oh God. I... Right. I've got I've got a James Blunt question. Right. Also, <laughs> why? I don't. I don't listen to James Blunt like at all. Like, mm. I have no concept of the guy or anything like that. But um, it was my wife telling me and uh, saying that this that people just don't like him. Mm-hmm. And I saw him on the TV show. I thought he seems alright, bit quiet. Like- so the question is, why is it that people don't like his him? Okay. Or his music? okay well, I can only speak to his his music. I've not seen him in interviews or anything. But that that song, it's so bloody saccharine with no depth to it at all that's my biggest problem well no my biggest problem with that song it gets me so riled up in the because the song's about he's in love with this girl that he sees for a moment but then uh she gets lost in the crowd or whatever and he's never going to see him again and he's all you know she's all i'll get pronouns mixed up he's like he's all heartbroken and all that and in the first verse he sings that he's got a plan to try and get back with her or whatever and then he spends the entire fucking song whinging about he's never going to see her again and I just can't stand <laughs> it I really cannot stand it I have a really big problem with his pronunciation of you're beautiful in that song okay because I don't know if you've noticed but he almost blends the words together so it's like yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> like, what he's got <laughs> Well, oh yeah, it's really scratchy. I was going to say, I was talking to Joe about this this morning. James Blunt as a person, I think the reason people hate him is just because of that song. But actually, as a person, <laughs> I think he's really in on the joke of how shit that song is. 
He's really willing <laughs> to just engage people who talk yeah. about how terrible he is and agree with them. And in an interview, he was talking about how people go, oh, You're Beautiful is such this romantic song. And he pretty much said, no, it fucking isn't. It's about a guy on a <laughs> subway that is high as fuck, just wishing to be with this girl who's not his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a pervy creep that should be put in jail. Yeah. I mean, my, my general rule when it comes to music is hate the music and not the artist is is my general rule. So I don't really have any opinions on James Blunt himself. It's Unless just... it's Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what's wrong with Taylor, what's wrong with Taylor Swift? Her then? personality is so ugly and she doesn't mind putting it in all her songs. How, how she just comes across as such a middle class spoiled brat and I can't stand it at all. <laughs> okay, so let's not go down that road because it will not end well. <laughs> to be fair, it's not started well. Okay. <laughs> okay, but also, yeah, we we covered my humps by the black eyed. Peas. I covered my humps oh, yeah. by the black eyed peas. Joe forced me to do that one. I I played I played part of like it was a work in progress and I played it to my girlfriend and I'm pretty sure the only thing she said during it was about three quarters of the way through where she just went, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a fun. It was a fun time. I think that podcast where we got to talk about some some good songs like Friday by Rebecca Black and yeah. uh, Swagger Jagger oh, by Cher Lloyd. That yeah. was fun, you know. What is wrong with you, Joe? <laughs> so, <clears throat> listen to the podcast. So, do you guys that. have a do you guys have a favorite um, genre of music that you're into? Um, I'm. I would say I'm very eclectic, but I do have my my favorite genres i do like space rock and progressive rock i like anything that's big on concept um i love jazz i love i like quite a lot of electronica as well but i i need it to be well layered and yeah i'd, I'd give anything a go it doesn't mean i like it but i'd, I'd really give anything a go and I'm, I'm sort of the same except for favorite genres i would sort of go more down um more sort of quite I don't know, just whiny people with guitars. <laughs> just scratches, scratches an itch that I've got. I love, I love folk music as well. It's just something I, I got from my dad. So yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll give anything a go. And I, I would say that I have found music I like in pretty much every genre yeah. I listen to. Well, except most. country. Actually, <laughs> there was one country record earlier this year that I thought was it was decent i'd listen to it again so i can't, I can't remember what, what it was called now but oh, it must have left such an impact <laughs> yeah. on you <laughs> yeah but yeah country is a big big no-no for me usually and uh grindcore i don't know if you know that genre is metal I, was just, I don't even know what that is <laughs> no, it's it's a metal subgenre that <sighs> all over the place lots all, of um lots of <laughs> <laughs> I just got my head in my hands as I'm listening to it. Like it sounds like you, if you get a guitar and an amp and then you just throw it down some stairs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds fun for about ten seconds, but then I, I I can't I can't listen to that for long. No, I'm not. Um, I'm just thinking about it myself. I'm not. I think I'm pretty eclectic, but yeah, country's the the kicker for me as well. Like I am. Um, first aid kit's new album this year i was really excited about that because i really liked their last one but this one has a much more country leaning feel and i'm not i'm not getting not it. i only heard them on the graham norton no. show and just didn't really care for what they were performing to be honest mm. they're very wishy-washy but um normally i like it i like them just because i can put them on in the background of things and it'll just be like a pleasant 
sound yeah. <laughs> around me. Um, but no, their new album's a little bit too... Is there a song about being a little bit too country? I feel like there is. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of parodies of it <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> See, I never used to listen to... Um, growing up where I grew up and stuff, I tended to just listen to hip-hop and, and soul and swing and whatever. And um, it was weird for me because I started listening to movie soundtracks. That kind of gave me a a window into different types of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first sort of um, music that I sort of re-listened to that was completely outside my genre was Queen. Yeah. Because it was the... Um, <laughs> It was the Flash Gordon soundtrack. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not looking at you like that. I have a very unpopular opinion of Queen. <clears throat> but it's not even about... It's because I went to see Flash Gordon and I was like, oh, it's, I love this or whatever. And that, which I've actually got the vinyl of that album. Um, and that was one of the few sort of soundtracks that you used to get where it actually had clips from the movie mm-hmm. in the soundtrack. Um which I loved, so I could sort of listen to it and it feels like I've just listened to the movie again. So that kind of, yeah. because I really like that soundtrack, I then listen to other stuff, sort of rock stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it tends to be, if I've listened to anything like that, it's ten, I tend to be able to track it back to some sort of random film or TV show or something where yeah. it's been a piece of music that I've liked. Um, like, I'll put my hand up and say, like, Survivor from the Rocky films. No, that's a good tune, to be fair. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> We do that a lot on the podcast, I've just realised. Yeah. We just randomly start singing songs. Yeah, it's fun though. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we just randomly sing The Eye of the Tiger. Me too, right there with you. Whenever you're running up some stairs. No, I do it when I'm just washing up. <laughs> <laughs> some very epic washing up. I'm sorry if it sounds like we're distracted, guys, but we've got 99. So. <laughs> I do not like you. I'm trying desperately to like talk, but also not have an ice cream melt down my arm. So. Was, I wasn't distracted. We can do some oh, talking yeah. for a bit if you want to enjoy your 99s. <laughs> no, I've got a question. It's, oh, a, qu- it's a question that I've been asking everyone. Uh, Ewoks or Porgs? Uh, Porgs. No opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I want to dive into that a little bit more. The, the no opinion. I feel there's. I feel there's a story behind that. No, there's just no that sto- underlying current. There's no story. There's no thing. No. You don't. You no, don't watch many current. films, Joe. No. I no. when it comes to films, I just listen to the soundtracks and pretend to watch them and to watch Cinema Sins as well. And then. Oh, yeah. don't watch Cinema Sins. <laughs> Uh, I, I watch cinema scenes. So you, um, you listen to soundtracks then? Yeah, soundtracks. yeah. I just because Ooh. if I want something in the background, that's usually some. They just usually make life that bit more spicy. I think. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Which is funny because um, I never when I put them on because I'm never looking at what soundtrack is playing. I never actually remember like what pieces are from what soundtrack. I was just saying, oh yeah, that's soundtrack music. I know that. One of, the, one of the questions I didn't get to, which I was going to ask you, is how many uh, films has Johnny Greenwood soundtracked? Well, he's done two that I know of, but there might be more. Yeah, there are eight. Eight? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in answer to that question, yes, there are more. <laughs> 
yeah yeah i do like I, I like a lot of soundtracks as well i also like a lot of video game soundtracks those those are when i want something a bit more bouncy and epic i think Oh, Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> that is the best soundtrack of all time. Yeah. Hands down. Love that to pieces. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I quite like um, the... I think it's Uncharted. I think it's the Uncharted 4 soundtrack. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I love play games. Soundtrack. Yeah. I'm too scared. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard my I'm brother say scared. that, and that's got a good soundtrack. I do like that one. Yeah. <clears throat> I know I finished I finished eating. Uh, well I've just noticed actually there's only like ten minutes ten minutes left of this. Really? Hour. I timed that timed that well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> why are you looking at me? He's giving me the side eye. That's not very professional. Well I'm about to get kicked out of the house. <laughs> it's fine, I've let you back in now, it's fine. Oh great. Maybe I don't want to come back in. Yeah you do. Maybe I don't want you back can't in. leave me to talk to Joe Kelly by myself. Yeah, good scared. luck with that, yeah, that's all changed too now, isn't it? Scared. Also, Sorry, I've got really cockney and apologies I didn't <laughs> so. never apologise for getting super cockney. <laughs> um guys, where can people find you and your musical ramblings on the that their tinternet should they wish to find you? Okay, well, you can Google F-sharp, A-sharp revisited, and the sharps are hash signs. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's music terminology we didn't really think through when we were actually do, like making our <laughs> podcast name. So people are just going to type in F-sharp, A-sharp and not find anything. <laughs> they might find us, who knows? I haven't typed that in, but we're, we're on Twitter as F-A revisited because our Twitter account is very flat. If you, You'll know if you uh, watch it at all. Ha! <laughs> that, that was a funny <laughs> joke, Joe. Yeah. You can find our podcast on YouTube and Podbean and iTunes. Yeah, yeah, all those places. So yeah. <laughs> That's, like, we're not very good with the whole social media thing. I'm terrible yet. at it. Yeah. Like I try and yeah, post on Twitter when hard. I can remember to, which is normally on my bathroom breaks at work, so <laughs> <laughs> That's great to know. Hi, it's me, me again from me the again bathroom. Me tweets from the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my new album. Um, before you go, I have one question for you. What's been your favourite album of this year so far? Ooh. Oh, evil. Yeah, good question. Well, mine personally is one that I was really looking forward to. There's this um, indie rock band called Typhoon, which I'm a big fan of, and they released a concept album this year about a man who is um, slowly losing his mind to some sort of degenerative um, illness, mm. like Al- Alzheimer's and the like. And it's actually uh, it's got some of the best lyrics I've ever heard on it. The compositions are just lush. And I, it's actually got sort of moments of... I don't really want to say hope, but um, sort of uplifting moments on it as well, which is mm. very helpful. At the moment, my granddad is going through, um, um, it's just sort of progressing in that direction. And this is just mm. helped me understand it a bit more, I think. Yeah, a very serious pick. It's also got one of my favourite songs of the year on it, Sleep, the ending oh, song. Oh yeah, the ending song, Sleep, is, oh, is fantastic. So good. It's, it's got so this amazing good. change up in the middle, which uh, is beautiful yeah. so if you're into slightly depressing things yeah if you're yeah. into upbeat things <laughs> my favorite track of the year at the moment is make you uh make me feel by janelle Monae. yeah that's that's a bit oh, more upbeat. so good yeah her, her new album came out yesterday and um yeah. it's it's good yeah i i 
I like the first third and the end third, but I'm not sure about the third. In I the have the exact same opinion. Is is my? It opens with Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, which is wonderful. I love great. that. It's a lovely vocal arrangement. And there's so many really good bouncy, well layered tunes in that album, but. Yeah. Whereas you've got like four albums of the year, haven't you? I've got four albums. I've got a four-way tie, so I'll go through it quickly. Ling Tosite Sigure, with their album number five, is they're a they're like post-hardcore, post-hardcore fused with pop, but in a way that doesn't sound bad at all. Their album is very <laughs> is very aggressive, but it's really catchy and danceable at the same time, and that's what I love so much about it. So that's been on repeat a lot. I've also loved. Um, Riddles by Edge Raiders Music Beat Yeah, 7 out of 10 on that one No, no, it's much better than a 7 out of 10 It's it's probably one of the best post-punk albums I've heard We reviewed it on our show and Joe was wrong <laughs> Nick was wrong um, <laughs> And um, Communion by a Korean composer Park Ji-ha Which is like, it's like a mix of jazz and oriental Like classical oriental music Which I just find really interesting to listen to and my last album of the year so far is um, Anna Von Housewolf with Dead Magic, which is a very doomy, very droney, but very ethereal and very... Yeah, she's an organ player. Luscious, luscious album as well. It's so gothic and just dripping in atmosphere. And it's so kind of, it's so emotionally cathartic at the same time. I just find it absolutely brilliant. It's one of those albums where you do need to listen to it from start to finish it almost plays like one big like one big song but i i really enjoy there's only one. five tracks long and one of the tracks is 16 minutes so if that puts you off just <laughs> hearing that then it might not be the album for you but that's 16 minutes that's <laughs> that song ugly and vengeful that's one of my top tracks of the year i just think it's incredible yeah it's that wonderful organ part at yeah. the end with the really dissonant oh, uh, so scales sinister. In fact, if you like soundtrack stuff, I probably would recommend this album. Actually, that's because, a good point. Yeah. I, can, I can imagine it playing over something like Shadow of the Colossus. So, yeah, so oh, those, okay. those are my picks. Ooh. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute delight chatting to you both and, uh, you know, whooping Joe's ass in the truth. <laughs> uh, <Yes. laughs> <laughs> Even though you have spent the last half of this uh, interview sounding like the Predator. But um, <laughs> we'll let you off. Nobody's complained on Twitter from what oh, I can tell, good. so I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just well, us. It's, it's a good thing know. that you worked Joe's ass at the quiz, because Joe said he was going to donate uh, £500 if he lost. £500? <laughs> <laughs> He's just moved house. He only has like £500. Yeah, I will be donating an amount. <laughs> <laughs> for your, for your you and your uh, just giving page or wherever you see your donations coming in so yeah excellent well thank you both for joining us and I hope you have a, a slightly less stressful ride home <laughs> <laughs> as long as yeah. the burning smell isn't there it'll be fine yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah fingers crossed eh? <laughs> Oh dear. Well, thank you again, chaps, and uh, hopefully we'll get to chat again soon. It was lovely okay. speaking to you. Yeah, nice hope the rest of the you. charity podcast goes well. Yeah. And don't fall asleep. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Best of luck. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. guys>. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See ya. Right oh, we have a couple of minutes before I call Joe, so I want to do a quick donation check in if we could get social media Mike to look up and come into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just for anybody who has just recently tuned in the donation link is justgiving.com 
forward slash SPCP live three. How are we doing, Mr. George? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we are now at 50% ah! £500. Excellent. Have we still got a random penny? No. Oh, <laughs> yes. Life is good. Exactly. Fine. Oh, wow. smasheroonie. Yeah. And we're not even halfway through the podcast yet, mate. No. Don't jinx it. I wish I hadn't said that because I've just reminded myself that we aren't even halfway through. No, we're not even close to halfway through. Shut up. <laughs> Thanks, Stace. Oh, heavens but to Betsy. Big, uh, big thank you. Yes, huge uh, to thank everyone you. who's donated so far, and to obviously the guests who have come on so far. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we're just we're only just getting warmed up. We hadn't even I've barely dented the whiskey. You haven't even started. I haven't drinking even started yet. my amaretto so, yet. You know the best stuff. I'm waiting till after Joe Kelly because I'm scared to drink while he's on in okay. case I make a teat of myself. Okay. Oh, well, so. he's been very lovely on Twitter. He's been oh. sending like promotions and lots of people been liking it. So. Oh, what an absolute gent! Oh, Should we yeah. call him? Let's call him. Let's call him. Let's press this button and do it. Which button is it? It's that button. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. <laughs> oh, I love that picture. He's on mine. <laughs> the person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message oh, after no. the beep. <laughs> I'm not leaving a message. No, that's a nightmare. <laughs> oh no! Send him um, a message and say, "Is he there?" He might have just popped away. Yeah, he might have done. Hello. I think that bit of software is still running. I think it. I think it might be. Bless me. So is it that? Well, that's not how you spell ready. Uh, no, not that's that. Mixler. Next to it, that way. This. Oh yeah. Should I? Should I get rid of it? It says no device is connected, so it's not doing anything. Should I just close it? Yeah. <laughs> right, that's that done then. <laughs> you know you, nothing's coming out. Oh no, what a nightmare. Are you, gonna, you just going to check some uh, some audio settings? Ah, okay, good. That's good. Yeah, it's on the right mic. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing, sort of, after a fashion. <laughs> you know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> I like to think I Even do. Even if you did nearly kick me out of your house. Oh, he's appeared back online there. That's good, because he was all... Pardon me, not for a moment there. Oh, no, I hope I don't have Ooh. burpy wind times through it, Joe's chat. He's <laughs> typing. Yeah. It's good to go. Let's go. Let's give him a bell. Hello. 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 How are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're okay. We've uh, we've had a bit of technical difficulties. So literally every time I've called everyone, I've been a bit sort of like <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> until they've answered. So. <laughs> but but think, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think we've. I think we've. Smashed it now, she says optimistically. <laughs> yeah. How? Uh, Who knows? How many hours <laughs> are you into this now? So this is this is the uh, seven hour mark. Oh. Yep. Yep. 
very good. <laughs> so we haven't quite gone. Yeah, we haven't quite gone insane yet, which is good uh, because. That there will come a point at some point where I'm just like, what words am I saying anymore? Yeah, it, it, um, I, I think it's well, it's probably because of the fact that neither of us have really started drinking. Yet, uh, yeah, so. you've 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 made a dent in the whiskey. Oh yeah, I've made a dent. I've had a glass. <laughs> it's not really making a dent. Though. It's only four in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, that sounds like it's uh, survival material for a twenty-four hour podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Someone gets it. I was saying earlier that I never know during like because it's a twenty four hour thing. When when's a good time to start drinking and at what point to stop? <laughs> because you can't be like drinking like amaretto neat at like eight am on a Sunday. Like that's not acceptable. Can't you? Well, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, the the rules start to go out the window. I think once you hit a twenty four hour podcast. <laughs> Exactly. That is true. Exactly. That is very there's true. No, there's no judgment here, Stace. It's a safe zone. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you say there's no judgment here, but there's people listening and they could be doing a lot of judging. That's true. <laughs> the internet is full of judges, so there is that. Yeah. <laughs> that is all the internet is that these is, days. That is very, very true. So welcome to the parlour. Thank, Thank you. Um Thank you so much for joining us. I'm very excited. I've, I've got to admit, and I'm going to freely admit this at the start, just so that you don't um, judge me later. I am a huge fan, and so I'm trying really hard not to just be like, "Oh, Mr. Kelly, I love oh. you." Um, so just bear with my nonsense. Um, it, it is. <laughs> if, if it helps, Joe. If it helps, Joe, I I can't stand. Perfect. You. Does that? <laughs> it's important. Does that balance it out a bit? Balance it yeah, out. it's important to have it's balance. A... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just so I guess you guys can hear me okay, right? Because I've got my headphones on, so I can't tell. So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah sounds yeah, absolutely right. fine. Given all the technology troubles we've had, I think you would know if you weren't sounding any good because we'd be like, "Ah, what is life?" <laughs> <laughs> just crying. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, we'll see if we can help. And uh, and since you can hear me, I'll try to say something that sounds remotely smart. We'll we'll give it a shot. Well, I think the first question that we have that we've sort of been asking everybody is one that you could very easily answer properly, um, which is, do you want to just tell people a little bit about yourself? <laughs> it's hard to get that one wrong. Oh, man, I, I could definitely mess that up. Um, <clears throat> uh, I was born at a very early age. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys are not drunk enough. That would have been a really easy one if you were really loose. <laughs> um, so I am a, I'm a writer. Uh, producer um starting to be director of uh short films um i work uh i have a company called man of action entertainment uh we created ben 10 generator x the characters in the team in big hero 6 um as a writer uh most recently i uh, just put out a film called i kill giants um, which i'm very proud of uh based on the graphic novel of the same name co-created by ken namora um i wrote Deadpool for a big chunk of his early run back in the late 90s and I've been doing comics and animation kind of ever since um, so that's that's me in a nutshell so you haven't really done much though have you yeah <laughs> no really mostly done? I just sit around in my sweatpants all day I was I was kind of thinking about that. <laughs> uh, like whether it was a good thing or a bad thing that you know getting dressed for work just means literally getting out of bed and Putting on sweatpants, <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's a good thing. I've decided ultimately. 
it is. It is, Jack. It is a good thing. <laughs> um, I've got to say, I'm fairly new to uh, your work. Um, I only recently, well, by recently, I finished I Kill Giants, the graphic novel today. Oh. Um, and, but I watched the film um, a few weeks ago. Yes. And uh, I have to say, both both of them, phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Um, really, really enjoyed it. I'm um, really I'm talking to my wife to get her to certainly watch the film. Um, she's not a comic reader, and um, that, might be, that might be more difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely watch the film, because she she's actually uh, she's a child therapist. Oh, wow. That's great. Ooh. Um, and when I watched the film... I very I, the first thing I took away from it is I need to get Sue to watch this film because I think she would take away a lot from it and probably take away some ideas for it for when she interacts with kids and stuff like that. Um, so I, I definitely I, I thought I thought it was it was brilliant, mate. And what I was really surprised about actually was um, how close it was to the comics. Mm-hmm. I actually, generally, I wasn't expecting it to be that close to the comics because normally with adaptations, there's always it's always a bit of a gap. Sure. Um, but, you, I mean, but you were obviously quite heavily involved in the film, weren't you? Because did you do a screenplay? Yeah. Um, I was very lucky uh, in that regard. Um, although I, luck is maybe um, understating it. I From the beginning, you know, I Kill Giants is very close to my heart. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the, mm-hmm. the origin story of it is all, it's all very personal. And when I started meeting folks that wanted to, uh, maybe translated into a film. I kind of told them right up front, like as long as I'm the only person that ever writes it, that's okay. And um, I knew I couldn't direct it. That right. wasn't something I was prepared to do. I'm 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 new to that game, and I have a long way to go. But uh, and I and I felt actually too close to material. But as far as the um, the writing of it, I thought, yeah, I, I know I can adapt this. I was trained as as a screenwriter originally at uh, at NYU. That's where I got my masters in uh, in writing and. Uh, I was, I was like, I'm the only one who's ever going to write this. So luckily, all the producers along the way, including Chris Columbus, um, took that and uh, and ran with it and protected me throughout the process. So then when I got to meet Anders Walter, who's the director, who's a really, really great guy, super sweet, and um, we share a lot of the same um, interest and, and like storytelling, um, you know, areas that we want to explore. Uh, he was he was great, and I'd get plenty of notes from people, and they were always just about how do we make the film better. Never, um, hey, what would you know? It'd be great if uh, if it was just a bloodbath of a twelve year old girl murdering a ton of giants. Like, let's do that. Which uh, somebody <laughs> did actually ask for early on. I have you know, not in our group, but other other people that were like, we would adapt this if, and it's like, well, no, thank you. <laughs> that's that's not what the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's really like the the opposite of all the Hollywood stories you hear where people get shoved to the side. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then it was just, you know, the core story. Uh, it, it's, it's easy to keep that core story cause it's, it's just a one-off graphic novel. So it's not like a big massive, um, series you're trying to adapt into, you know, into a small, fi- into a finite space. Um, so the core was easy to protect and then it was what works for a film versus what works for a graphic novel. And uh, luckily, I had the outside eyes of, you know, Anders and Chris Columbus and people like that to help guide me there um, in case I did have those, you know, the blinders on of, oh, I'm too close and I love this material. But I, I really don't feel feel like I ever 
fell into that boat because it was, um, I don't know, kind of from the beginning, I was like, oh, I'd love to see this as a film and here's how I would do it. And, uh, and they, everybody helped <laughs> me get there, which is great. Sorry, I've got a really bad tickle. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's a really bad time for you to stop and Barry to look at me as if to say, have you got a question? <laughs> I'm like, eh. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, you don't. Okay. We don't want him to sort myself out. Um, so I think in terms of like when you came to kind of do the sort of screenplay, um, what informed your sort of decision-making process of the stuff you decided to absolutely have to be into the stuff that you decided wasn't going to work as you know, wasn't going to work in the film adaptation. Yeah. Well, what was really nice is that, um, you know, we, both the book and the film are pretty much done from Barbara's point of view. And so that allows you a lot of latitude in terms of playing with the audience and letting them wonder what's real and what's not real. And, um, maybe more so in the graphic novel than the film, just because when, when you see things concretized, it's sort of hard to go, Oh, that's, Oh, I don't buy that that's, you know, actually happening now. I feel like it's a fantasy, you know, that I try to leave it up to the audience and, yeah. and I know Anders did it as well. But the, so where, where it came time to trim things, um, the sort of rule of thumb was, does it break the movie? And there were certain moments in the graphic novel that if you saw them in on screen and they went on, you know, without comment, if they went by without comment, then it would break the movie. So the easiest example is um, there's a there's a moment where Barbara um, in the comic has has done something and it sort of sets her off. And as she walks through the rest of her day, uh, this suit of armor kind of grows on her. And then she's sitting at the bus stop uh, in this suit of armor and she's talking to one of the pixies. And there are pixies throughout the graphic novel that are not in the movie. So then she gets punched, basically, and the armor shatters. Um, in the book, I think you can you can read that as you know she sort of lives in two planes. You know, it's almost like a, if you you know you know the Max, right? That comic uh, which I love dearly. Um, you know, so he he was always seeing two things at once. Um, you could do the sort of same thing with her. You could interpret it that way and not have an issue that the bully's not like. Hey, what, what's all this armor you're wearing that I just punched off of you into a million pieces? If you saw that on on screen, where you're trying to make something feel grounded and real, you would have to acknowledge it in some way. So that had to go. And I love that image. I thought, you know, so it kind of was one of those kill your darling moments. But it was a great set of guidelines, and you know, um, to just as during the process to make sure we just weren't breaking the movie. And Andrews was great at that, and. Um, Every time we took something out, we replaced it with something that would still reflect Barbara's emotional state um, externalized, which is why you get a little bit more of that stuff with the, the forest giant uh, in the film than you would in the graphic novel. Excellent. I am... Um... I've got to say, first of all, because I was I was about to take it off down a Deadpool route because I'm very excited about talking to you about Deadpool. <laughs> um, but 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 before before we get there, um, I just wanted to say that I thought this film was absolutely amazing. I think um, I consider myself and Barry quite lucky to have seen it because it's not had a particularly wide release over here. Yeah. Um. So anybody listening who is in the UK and has the capacity to go and see it, if it's in a cinema near you, you probably should. Um. Okay. So it's one of those films that I think 
you know when you you see a movie and you come away from it and you're thinking about it for days it's definitely one of those for me where for a few days afterwards I was remembering bits and thinking about things and beats in the story I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin it for people sure (laughs) um but yeah it's it's definitely a movie that's 100% worth seeing yeah, so yeah. if you get the opportunity to and I think for me before I let Stace go down that Deadpool route oh, um, <laughs> is that and I'm trying to choose yeah, I, I, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully um, but I, I read some of the stuff you were saying Joe about at the back of the book about your reasons for doing it and and some and you know the things that had happened to, to you mm-hmm. you'd experienced with you know loss that's, I think I can say yeah. it without sure. giving too much away mm-hmm. um, but a lot of this story resonated with me because I had a loss going on at that time around a little bit later. It took for me to happen, but a lot of that stuff was happening in my life. So, I, so it resonated with me on that level anyway um, as a film. But then just her character, I thought, was fantastic because she was she was a layered character. And there was stuff about her that you could probably, I must say, wasn't necessarily likeable. I mean, I really liked her. I really liked her. I, 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 you know, I, I knew people like her. But at the same time, she's one of those sort of people where you could actually, you know, a bit sort of love-hate type, mm-hmm. you know, with that character, which I thought was great because they're the best characters because they're the ones that get people talking. And they kind of, we were just, we were talking to Peter Spir- Spiris earlier on and he was saying this whole thing about once you get invested in a character... You want to go in that sort of journey with them, you know, and you sort of root for them, regardless of whether or not they are a hundred percent likable. And I think what I loved about it was that Barbara was was that sort of a character. But also, what I loved in the movie, um, in some ways more than the comic, and the comic I loved more than the movie. So you have to stick with me because I'm getting complicated <laughs> now. Was um, was Barbara's friend in it? Mm-hmm. Um, who she was British, and I think the first thing she said, she made a comment on her sort of her British accent and stuff. I like your accent and stuff, and I thought she was just wonderful and just worked as a really perfect counterpoint. And I think that was one of the sort of great things about um, the whole story. I thought it was a, a beautiful story. That's what I'm going to say. I'm now going to sit back <laughs> and let Stace go Deadpool. No, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's st- let Stace go all Deadpool. Yeah, before before we go to Deadpool, uh, no, I really, I mean, thank you all for the kind words on the movie. I mean, I'm I'm incredibly proud of it i think everybody did an amazing job um madison wolf who played barbara just knocked it out of the park and like you said we um you know they they like to test movies uh (laughs) obviously in hollywood and uh, even i I was sort of surprised i thought oh we're like a small indie movie that's not gonna happen and and it did and there's reasons for it it wasn't like a big studio thing it's just you know you want to make sure you're not you know have your head in the clouds and you've made something that nobody else likes and um they they hand out this great questionnaire and and it's like do you like Barbara you know is she likable and, and there were there were plenty of people that were like I don't know she seems like she's kind of an ass and I'm not sure and she's really mean and um, but the, you know as a character as you said you know that's her that is her armor like she uses that her personality and her words you know very defensively and. What's really fun is that, you know, we, I mean, A, we stuck to our guns. We didn't make her, um, we didn't soften her. We, we took some of the edges off um, because we felt like they might have been a little too much for, for um, today's audience. Things, again, you can get away with in a book, but maybe not so much in a movie. Um, but she, uh, 
she when when you watch the movie in a theater, I love it because you get a sense of like the crowd around you uh, without saying anything. You can kind of feel like energy in the room kind of move and shift. And I, I can tell when actually the moment clicks where people go from who is this like mean little person to, oh, I'm on board with her. And and uh, yeah. and Sophia's character <clears throat> um, played by Sidney Wade, she she is is critical for that moment. And um, it's really cool. Like and that's when everybody's on board. And once once they're invested, like you said, then she can do anything, say anything you realize that there's more more to her than you know a quick mouth and um and sydney and sydney really uh grounds her in a very cool way and and it's yeah. funny because we we made her in the film we made her from leeds because uh, that's where she is from uh in real life and uh she looks like ken drewer i mean she looks like she stepped out of the comic book which is amazing um yeah but uh we we just didn't want to saddle her with having to uh, worry about an American accent and go through all that stuff. So we were just like, you know, hey, what if she's just from where she's from? Uh, and it worked great. Uh, and all, all those kids were so uh, lovely and wonderful to work with and professional and um, really, really strong. It's a really strong team of, of actors. And to the point where the, you know, uh, people with more experience like Imogen Poots and Zoe Saldana, you know, literally were like wow these kids you know all of a sudden i've got to step my game up when i'm working with these kids because they're really they're really <laughs> pushing us especially you know madison who um you know carries the the bulk of the film is on her back right so uh yeah we're, yeah. we're so lucky to get them and um it's so nice to hear you know your response to uh to the film and that that their work kind of hit hit you in the feels because uh, that's the that's the point yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent where it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where because um, th- there's that sort of old Hollywood adage, isn't there? Like never to work with kids yeah. and animals. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so you you always because I did when I Kill Giants got announced as being made into a movie, my first thought was, God, I hope the kid isn't shit though. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's a really mean thing to think, but oh um, no, hundred percent, yeah. I mean, child actors can be very hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they went through. I mean, uh, I didn't have to see them. Thank, thank God. But there were five hundred audition tapes, <laughs> and uh, our cast wow. casting director wow. went through five hundred tapes. Then I think when it got to 125, that's when Anders, uh, the director, started looking at them, and then he brought me in at about 25, and and they were talented mm-hmm. and they ran the gamut. Like you know, you you see somebody who you go, oh, they could really pull off the drama, but I don't know if they'll be funny or wow, she looks like she stepped out of the comic book, but oh, I don't know if that voice is correct. You know, you'd go through all that, and you know, Anders, you know, would never tell me his choice and uh and then i sent him my rankings and they were exactly the same like we both zeroed in on madison and that tape was you know two years before we started filming i think maybe a year solid year before we filmed i'm trying to remember but so when madison turned 15 on the set and then so when we saw her for the first time she was like somewhere between 13 and 14 and still had this incredible presence so um yeah, I, we had a lot of faith that she was gonna, she was gonna knock it out of the park. Um, but yes, I trust me. I had those same sleepless nights. <laughs> That's the, I, I really <laughs> these kids are, are strong. Uh, and uh, yeah, she was great. 
she really was um so one of the the big questions i wanted to ask was given the fact that you're sort of um pies that you've had fingers in mounting the like billions <laughs> how do you how do you find it sort of transitioning from like um all ages type stuff like having your like ben 10 style hat to your deadpool hat to your Michael Giants, you know, more drama-y, thinky hat. That was a really badly phrased question, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I'm nodding somewhere. I'm I, I got so it. Good. I have many thinky hats, and uh, I <laughs> keep them over. <laughs> no, I love it. I actually prefer it. Um, you know, there are some people that I think, uh, I mean, I, and I'm one of them. I, I work through themes, you know, of in all sorts of different bits mm-hmm. of work. Um, they show up in different ways, and uh I can kind of pinpoint what I was obsessed with at a various time, whether it shows up in Superman or Deadpool or, you know, my own work. But, um, I, uh, I don't ever want to get pigeonholed and it, it frustrates sometimes the people that we work with who are like, well, you've, you know, man of action, you've created this, this name for yourself as, uh, you know, uh, specifically action adventure animation. And that's really cool. And then I go, yeah, I've got this horror thing I want to do, or I have a comic like Bad Dog, which is like super raunchy, you know, uh, hard R, <laughs> you know, Deadpool before there was a hard R Deadpool. And um, and then it's like, yeah, but you got to stick in this land. And, and it's just not what I want to do. And I understand why it's easier for people to sort of uh, pigeonhole an artist or a writer um, to wrap their head around them. And there's just so many examples of people who who break that mold all the time. And like one of my comic book heroes is uh, Osama Tetsuka. And, you know, he created Astro Boy, right? So, you know, he's like the Disney of, of Japan. Um, but then some of his adult work, of which he did quite a bit, is dark, dark, dark stuff. And um, <laughs> it's just sort of shocking that it comes from the same mind. And, uh, you know, and he's got his beautiful you know, treatise on, on the Buddha, uh, story. Uh, and then, then, then you shift gears to this like horrific, <laughs> this book, called uh, <laughs> Ode to which I love. Um, it's a, it's a sort of, oh, now it's a graphic novel, but, um, really dark, twisted, bizarre stuff. And, and that's kind of where I live. I mean, I, I bounce back and forth and I, I find it natural. Um, especially if, uh, just as a writer where you get a little jammed up sometimes it's nice to step away from, okay, I'm, I'm living in kids animation land. So let me go spend a little bit of time in my, the dark recesses of my brain writing horror thing. Um, that it actually then fuels the other stuff for me. Uh, I find it, I find it important. Um, although the, (laughs) the guys in man of action will tell you like, if there's ever going to be a pitch for, you know, a Ben 10 episode where, something horrific happens and there's, you know, babies in a blender or something. That would be a Joe Kelly story. And, and they have to dial me back. And, <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no darkness on that, on that particular show. Uh, so, yeah, once in a while the wires get crossed, but I, I try to keep it straight. So I think one of the things, as, you know, all writers say, it's, you know, one of the suggestions you always get is, you know, to be, to be a good writer, but, is to always be reading, always be studying your craft and stuff. And um, obviously you just talked about some of your sort of writing heroes, but I kind of wanted to, 
I must get a list of you. So, what? Who else kind of influences you in your work, both your your early stuff and you know what you're doing these days? Uh, sure, that's a great question. I, I think it's critical uh, for whether it really doesn't matter what your art is um, to consume other stuff, preferably not in your um, medium of choice at that moment. Uh, this is just my opinion because it's uh, you know if I'm working yeah. in superhero comics and all I'm reading are superhero comics, it's very easy to become influenced by by that. Um, so for me, it's it's uh, film a lot of times. Um, I'm a huge Terry Gilliam fan, and I think that influenced a lot of my early work um, and, and continues to. Fisher King is one of my favorite movies um, of all time. So Robin Williams also, just as an actor and, and stuff he did. Um, uh, what writers Kafka, uh, not to sound all haughty, but you know, was really important to me. <laughs> just as a as a you know young person in college sort of becoming exposed to things uh that was that was really he was really influential for me um i love um <clears throat> in manga like i said tetsuka um uh urasawa uh whose work is i, I just think second to none uh, if you don't know him he uh, did uh, monster um uh what do you call it the uh, pluto uh, which is sort of a Astro Boy story done via yeah. Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I, I do kind of feel like living in in manga land actually almost doesn't count for the uh, American comic stuff, which is cool. Um, who else is important uh, to me? I mean, there's so many because I, I do I do read a lot of stuff. Stephen King, um, you know, which is sort of an easy go to. But just in terms of. Um, you know, the books that I've consumed over the course of time. Um, Chuck uh, Palandwick uh, wrote Fight Club and, you know, all the other good, you okay. know, lots of crazy books that came after that. Um, that's somebody that's somebody who lives in a dark place. And uh, <laughs> I could like, I would go on a jag, you know, a lot of times I'll find an author and then read like three or four of their books in a row. And uh, and that was the case mm-hmm. with him, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, now I have to, I have to take a break." <laughs> it, was, it was a little too much for a while, but I, <laughs> but I loved it. You know, it's all stuff that I could consume. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's more. And then you know, I I try to see. Yeah, you know, Steve Siegel is one of my partners in uh, Man of Action, uh, and an, and an exceptional writer. He um, kind of turned me on to this idea of just looking at live performance, especially if it's kind of nonlinear, abstract stuff, and and having that inform um creativity so there's a show in new york um actually it started in england uh sleep no more and um it's this like crazy deconstructed immersive experience where you're wandering through this dark hotel and it's kind of a deconstructed Macbeth. you can like follow (laughs) actors around and uh it's kind of scary and kind of amazing and the choreography is incredible Uh, i've seen that a few times and walked out of there with ideas every single time. So I, I'm, I pluck from a lot of sources. Um, and then right now it's, uh, handmaid's tale season two just started. So I'm excited about that. And Westworld two and, um, lots of films. See, I can't, yeah. Westworld is, uh, I blows my mind. It's It's weird. I think Westworld is one of those shows. Um, I have a couple of them where I actually, I, 
I tend to watch a lot of the stuff now with my wife, which I didn't always used to before we first met. She wasn't into sort of genre stuff mm. at all. Um, but now we watch kind of everything together, or at least the first couple of episodes, and she'll either, she'll either decide something is rubbish or I will, and then, <laughs> you know, we'll just go, I'll keep, you know, I'll keep watching it on my own. Okay, it's that kind of unspoken rule that we have. Um, and Westworld was... She didn't even start to watch it because she said, "Isn't that isn't that the one which is like they're all cowboys?" I said, "Well, it's not. It's not. It's not quite, <laughs> it's not quite as simple as that. It's not quite as simple as that." And she's like, "I don't care. They've got cowboys in it. I'm out." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay." Wow. So I, I watched the first episode of it, really enjoyed it, but then I made a conscious decision and I'd said, "No, I'm going to wait until all of the first season was out, mm-hmm. and then watch it all." Um, that's risky business it was really risky especially being yeah especially at this age and you're a podcaster so you're constantly being sent stuff have you seen this have you seen this yeah and um, and also when you're doing podcasts you want to be relatively relevant you don't want to sort of come on 10 weeks later and go hey there's this great show you should be watching oh have you seen this film (laughs) yeah yeah, you know Um, but I was I was determined to do that with this and I was so glad that I did However, and because I did, I, I really, really enjoyed it. The problem now is I've got episode one of season two. Are you itching to watch it? And I, <laughs> it's not going to happen. That whole lovely, noble sentiment of I'm going to wait, it's not It's not going to happen. No. Not going to yeah. happen. Not the way it ended. No. No, no it's kind of impossible. <laughs> I, I've, I've been able to sit on a few shows, but... um. That was not one of them. And I actually had the same reaction at first. I was like, <laughs> uh, oh, I, you know, Westworld, uh, I kind of know the old movie and how good is it going to be? And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Once you get sucked in, it's uh, it, I, I, there's no way I was going <laughs> to I was going to sit and wait. <laughs> that was one of the and I've, I've <laughs> been one of those anxious chomping at the bit fans for the last uh, year and a half waiting for for this second season. So I'm on it. Um, yeah. But I, but my wife is the same. Uh, like we don't watch a lot of stuff together because we we tend to a, like different things. But B, she's also a you know school counselor. Miss Malay is based on her, and um, oh, yeah, okay. and, and she goes to, she goes to bed really early uh, because uh, she has to get up really early. And I tend to be a little bit of a night owl when it comes to watching stuff. So it's usually me and my son um, checking stuff out and watching weird shows and movies, uh, assuming that he's. He doesn't get jammed with homework, but she, you know, five minutes into something, she's like, I'm done. Good night. <laughs> and that's the end of that story. <laughs> yeah. That was very rare. Actually, the last, the last thing we watched together, and I only convinced her to do it because it was short, was uh, End of the Effing World. Like, that was the that was the one. And she totally loved it. And um, I was so happy. And meanwhile, I'm like, you know, it's based on a comic book. Um <laughs> Which doesn't turn her off. She she uh, she appreciates that comics, you know, help uh, help buy our house. But um, she, uh, <laughs> it's just it's not. A, but that she likes things that are a little bit more grounded. So that uh, that story really appealed to her, and it was I thought it was very well done. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I, I think I think this is one of the sort of um, problems with uh, sort of comic to film adaptations. Certainly, that I found over the years is that. You know, when you look at sort of the Marvel and DC movies, everyone know, everyone knows these are based on comics or comic books, not mm-hmm. necessarily a particular run or a particular trade. They're just based on comics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to do any more big sales pitch than that, really. Um, but with um, 
stuff like I Kill Giants or End of the Effing World or whatever, which, you know, are based on like highly acclaimed within that within our sort of world, highly acclaimed sort of graphic novels and stuff, they don't they don't get that same push. So there's so many films and stuff where I say people will say to me who aren't commentaries, oh that film was absolutely brilliant and stuff like that and I say that's based on a that's adapted from a comic book or graphic novel whatever. And they and I have to argue with them <laughs> because they don't believe me. Because they sort of go like, oh no, but comics, that's just Kate, that's just that's Superman and Batman, isn't it? And literally, this is Superman and Batman. Now, now I love superhero comics, um, but I also know that is not the only comics yeah. that are out there. This is an idea, I mean, this is a bit of a tangent and possibly, you know, not what people want to hear when we're trying to interview Joe Kelly, but you've yeah. started me now. So, um, <laughs> the, the, this is a concept I've never understood is the idea of, like, that there aren't genres of comics. Like, people will happily walk into a bookstore and be like, right, what do I want to read? And they know there's, like, a romance section, a thriller section, an adventure section, a horror section. But but they'll just tar comics with this brush of, like, yeah, but that's just capes and tights in it. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that they are they are just books. They're different to regular books, but they are just books. There are different kinds of this book. It rolls me up a little bit. Yeah, I'm... B, you've got me And I'm actually surprised, you know, we, uh... <laughs> the grass is always greener, right? So, sitting over here in, in America, we're always like, oh, man, you know, it's exactly that. It's like, our market is so based on, on superhero stuff, which we all agree we love. I, you know, and it's a cornerstone of my career, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I have nothing ill to say about superhero comics. Yeah, choose, choose the next words. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love them, and I'm, I'm happy about it. But... In general, for really, I would say up until the last couple of years, the idea of other genres of comics were relegated to, oh, it's a niche thing and it's a tiny run. And um, Image was not doing they were they were doing their own superhero stuff for a very long time. And then it became the image of today, which is Mm -hmm. so expansive. But we always thought like. Uh, around the world, and especially uh, you know, certain Japan, of course, has this lockdown because there's a manga for everything. If you want a cooking romance manga, it's there. <laughs> um, but I always thought Europe had a had a much broader definition of what comics were, only because whenever I go over there, I've seen you know I, you go into the shop and there's just so much beautiful work um, that that runs the gamut. Again, science fiction. You know, I, I have so much stuff that I bought from over there. Um, even in languages I can't read just because it's so beautiful and interesting. Uh, so I thought I thought you guys had it better, but it sounds like that's not the case. Well, I mean, there's Europe, as in like, you know, sort of Belgium and stuff Belgium like that. Belgium and France are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, and they, they've kind of got it going on yeah. with that sort of stuff. I mean, but when you sort of get right to our neck of the woods, so like yeah. the UK and stuff, there's, I mean, we've got a fantastic... Indie we have, but the only ones that people know about are Marvel, DC, Image, yeah. and 2000 AD. Right. <laughs> That's what they think British comics is, and yeah. it's it's not at all. Yeah, and there's there's a you know there's people make a clear distinction between British comics and European comics, even though. Oh, that's interesting. Rule. Yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't realize that. You know, um, I worked with uh, Ilya on. Um, we've worked on a couple of projects together, but we just put a book out. Uh, through image called Kid Savage uh, this past year, and um, and it was it, his perspective on on uh, comics in the UK is is definitely one of my filters. But he's in that indie world, I guess. You know, that's his kind of primary mm. focus. He does all sorts of really cool slice of life books and 
our bio books and, you know, just interesting stuff. So I'm just like, oh, clearly everybody, everybody in the UK is reading cool comics. Um, so I'm, I'm <laughs> now educated and, uh, and know that there's, there's more work to be done. <laughs> I mean, we are. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, we are, but it is more, it's, it's, you know, the people within, you know, the sort of comic fans and stuff, they're aware of it, but it's more when you go outside of that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more when you just talk to like your your regular people, in front of a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say your relatives, and I was no, like, no, no. "Excuse but, me, but it was like my one... mother's read The Walking yeah. Dead." <laughs> but it was like one of the things I noticed when I so when I went to buy the IQ uh, Giants graphic novel, it's so pretty. On yeah, I mean, I got I got the digital version um, from Comicsology, but the first thing I noticed was that the cover was the movie poster. Ah. Oh. As opposed to the actual cover right. of the graphic yeah. novel, I'm so, not a fan of that with books as well. So, I haven't bought Annihilation, the first book in the trilogy, because they've they've only got the movie cover yeah. and it's right. Oh. And, and certainly, when I was growing up as a kid, and I, yeah, you you would see you'd see the you'd see the adaptation of a film into a sort of comic, but that tended to come after the film had come out. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you didn't really think it was a, a comic first. You'd think it was a film first, and it's gone to a comic. It's just it's just this weird idea of it and i get it from a marketing point of view because right. you know you're the film's out now and you're trying to direct people to the comic but i don't i don't know how well that works because i don't think it does from a marketing perspective because the only places in the uk that sell comics are comic stores yeah and you wouldn't be in one of those if you weren't there to buy comics to begin with <laughs> <laughs> in which case this one going hey this film was based on this comic is probably not going to be although maybe people are just lured in by all the funko pops now and then we can lure them into buying actual comics <laughs> yeah sometimes i mean i can't diss funko pops though because i'm just obsessed with them they're all over my oh, head oh yeah no it's, it's one of those things that i know that the retailer friends of mine uh always lament where it's like well we've got to carry these things but it's like if it gets people into the store and it helps expand their possibilities um then you know great uh, and if not, then okay. Yeah. I mean, it's any, it's that whole thing about fandom, uh, where, uh, you know, what's a real fan. Um, and I think, you know, we were all, we all picked up our first book at some point. And at that time there was somebody who had read 500 more comics than we did and knew the ins and outs of every character much better than we did. And we now are where we are. So why is the person who, loves you know funko pops and then picks up miss marvel for the first time because she's got a pop you know uh any less of a fan um for me you know i i think it's cool Mm -hmm. like in that like my brother my brother um became a metal fan because of the iron maiden art like the cover art of iron maiden (laughs) he just loved to draw it he knew nothing about the music he just saw the stuff on t-shirts and was like, I, I just want that. And then started listening to Iron Maiden and then found every other metal band, you know, when we were growing up. So <laughs> it's like if the art pulled him in and then that's how he learned to appreciate the music. Awesome. And I feel like it can, it can be the same for us if, yeah. if we don't throw up barriers about like, well, you're not a real fan, you know, because like you said, well, I, I love those pops. Yeah. I see those things. And, uh, especially when they're really like bizarre, like, uh, you know, getting like the preacher R space pop, like nothing makes me happier <laughs> than to see something like that. Um, you know, I've got all my Hannibal pops. Like they're just these are things that should not be made into toys. That's my like my favorite kind of toy. Yes, is uh, anything that really should not. Well, yeah. again, in, in my dark 
uh, oh yeah, you want you know dead puppies in a kids show? Do that. That's uh, that's kind of how my brain works. <laughs> if something shouldn't be like soft and squishy, and then it is, uh, or there's like a you know a, a Cthulhu squishy, I'll I'll get that. I think Aww. that's the best. <laughs> I've got an adorable cuddly Cthulhu. It's right. so stupid. It's so adorable yeah. with its little tentacle face. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take both your words. For that. <laughs> no, I do I do think I was having a conversation with somebody recently about like um the, the gatekeeping and the whole like fake geek girl thing because I used to really struggle with this because a lot of people seem to think that knowing a lot about a thing is what makes you a fan, but I've got a real shocking memory like. I know what I like and I know what I don't like, but I won't remember who wrote it or drew it or like with football, for example, I like football and I support a team. I could probably not name you four members of that team <laughs> because I don't know. My brain just doesn't hold that information. Um, and it used to be that I used to get really on the defensive about it. Like, well, yes, I might not know who wrote and drew issue 78 of detective comics, but I am still, you know, I'm still buying comics and I'm reading comics yeah. and I'm watching the TV shows and I'm enjoying them and I'm not, you know, it's, I just don't understand why you need to police other people's enjoyment of right. a thing. Right. It's really no, strange. 100%. Yeah, my, my daughter has a, a saying, which, I'm, you know, she didn't coin, it's just one of the things that her and her, her friends say, it's like, don't, don't yuck my yum. And, uh, and I, <laughs> for it took me minutes to figure it out, but it's like, yeah, I totally get it. It's like, in the same way that if, you know. You like westerns, and your your wife is not into it. It's like okay, well, you, that doesn't mean you have to crap all over my western. <laughs> you know, it's like it, and it's yeah. the same with yeah. this yeah. stuff. It's it's just because we're not at the same level of depth. Because it took me a long time when I the stuff that I loved as a kid, I didn't know who wrote and drew that stuff. I can tell you what happened in in specific issues of Spider Man that I read five hundred times. Um, and it wasn't until much yes, later yeah. that I was like, oh, I guess it, it would be responsible of me to know who wrote and drew that. Um, <laughs> that's also, that's more cause I'm a, like in that business. It's, I think as a fan, it's important, yeah. but you know, there's also how deep do you go? Like, you know, having just watched infinity war and then you should definitely ask me the questions. I'll, I'll get off this tangent, but you know, I love everything in it. Everybody <laughs> knows who these, who the actors are. And they know who the director and the writers are. But when you think about, um, you know, the Hulk, where you think about like these massive uh, CG constructions that drive these things, does anybody know who works on those movies? Like those, these are the people yeah. that have brought literally, you know, stuff that could not be filmed to your eyeballs. And we don't know who any of those people are. Like, you know, some people know some of the Star Wars people. That's kind of it. And that's just because they've been around for so long and the names come up in documentaries and things like that. So, you know, where does it end? Um, and, you know, are you not a real fan if you don't know who designed BB-8? You know, it's like, of course not. Um, yeah. And, though you should know that Glenn Dillon did all the <laughs> all the designs for the costumes. <laughs> well, you see, I, 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 I can play that game. Um, I can't. I, uh, <laughs> There's a guy we you know listens listens to our podcast. His name's he may not be listening. He probably isn't listening, but his name's Adam Dewhurst, and we we got him to do. I think he did about um, six blog posts for us um, on because he works in CG, um, and he worked on the team. Uh, he worked on Guys of the Galaxy, um, 
but wasn't allowed. I knew he was working on it, but I couldn't say anything because he couldn't say anything. Um, otherwise, you know, Disney would have, I don't know, Come buried him in a pit or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, and he was the one who was telling me, he's part of the reason why I went to see the film because he was the one who was telling me that Rocket Raccoon was going to be so good oh, in this. Cool. Because he said, if you saw the amount of work that's gone into this and the level deal they've done with him and stuff like that, and then he talked about Bradley Cooper's performance and stuff. He said, people will like, people will love this film, but I'm telling you, that raccoon is gonna <laughs> is gonna like take I... take the biscuit. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, trust me, dude. And then obviously it it came out and stuff. I have so much respect for people that have to animate hair. Oh yeah, for... yeah. Yeah. Like, like whoever it was who did Sully in Monsters Inc. needs a yeah. medal because that guy looks fluffy AF, and I want to hug the shit yeah. out of him. <laughs> no, for sure, it's true. Um, I have a question. Yeah. I actually have a like a proper sensible question for you. Um, that's actually been sent to us by my good buddy Phil Thomas, um, who says that he won't be offended if you don't remember the answer to this. But, um, was your use of Sasquatch in Deadpool number one laying the seeds for something else? Um, gosh. Well, we, I liked him as a character. I definitely liked the, I mean, I always liked the Alpha Flight characters. But, um, yeah, I think we did want to have him show up a little bit more in the, in the series. Um, we liked him as a, you know, a, an intelligent, tough guy, um, who would sort of be useful as a foil for Deadpool. But I, but we did tend to migrate away from that a little bit. Um, I think also at the time, Probably, I don't. My timelines are bad on this stuff. Uh, Siegel would be able to correct me, but Steve, Steve, and Duncan took over Alpha Flight either right at the same time or shortly after that. So then they were doing their thing. So it didn't make sense to to use them as much. Um, I think that's how it went down. But I, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have a stronger memory. But I do feel like he was he was going to be kind of a cool moral compass um, for uh, for Deadpool, and uh, we just had other ways to do it. You know, when we build a cast, uh, when I build a cast, it, it's, you know, do you want a balanced universe where people are being uh, tempted to, you know, they're better angels and they're better, better demons or not. And in Deadpool, it's like maybe one or two angels and all the rest are demons to constantly drag him inside <laughs> of his life. And uh, so, you know, Sasquatch would have been just one, one too many angels, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the uh, one of the things I really like about the pairing of Spider Man and Deadpool together, because mm-hmm. um, they're both quite similar characters in terms of their quippiness and actual personalities. Except that that Spider Man falls like very firmly on the side of the good, whereas Deadpool's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll just kill this guy though. Um, <laughs> because like, I've got to say, like the recent um, Spider Man Deadpool stuff that you did was absolutely. Uh, amazing i there were so many issues where i was just like this might be the best thing i've ever read <laughs> well, thank you. um like if uh how do you feel about um like how if you got to go back to deadpool how would you feel about sort of pairing him up with somebody else would you go for a spidey again or would it just be a solid deadpool situation well deadpool and spidey is such i mean it's a fantastic combo and that, that was what brought me back i, I had been mm-hmm. asked a couple of times over the course of you know this this span from the last time I, I worked on Deadpool to um, to maybe revisit the character and I just I didn't feel like uh, I had something new to say or or whatever and then 
when uh, Nick Lowe's editor approached me and said, okay, it's, it's Deadpool and Spidey and Ed McGinnis. Uh, it, be, it became really hard to say no. Um, because you know, it's like <laughs> I can my favorite characters. Ed is one of the sweetest guys and super talented. So, uh, so I knew it was going to be mm-hmm. fun. And I, and I really love Spider-Man. So having the two of them together was, was totally uh, special and, and a great way to, to write a book. But yeah, I think um, I, if I was going to go back to Deadpool, uh, I would want to, I would want to explore him by himself, you know, or, you know, never by himself, but with kind of his own cast for a little while. And then the idea of dragging in other characters for sure. It, it's, it's really fun. You know, again, going back to infinity war without, spoiling anything the for me the the standout (laughs) moments are the combos you don't expect and uh you know like when you see these certain interactions even if of characters who have similar traits um it's so fun to see those those folks interact on screen so i would i would really have to sit there and think like okay who would be the most fun to sort of mess with deadpool's head and vice versa um and, uh, and there's so many opportunities, especially with some of the new characters out there um, that have popped up over the last couple of years. Uh, I, you could really have a blast um, playing with Deadpool with those guys. So, But Spidey, Spidey was a natural, and um, they just work so well together. <laughs> they really do. I mean, you know, Spidey is just a few bad days away from being Deadpool, and Deadpool's just a few good choices away from being Spidey, and that that tension is is really pretty interesting. So uh, it was fun to explore that. So my um, my question for you: So obviously, you know, you're doing as Stacey says, you're doing a hell of a lot of writing. Um, <laughs> where, but where 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 do you where do your ideas come from? You know, I mean, I know you say you know you read a lot, obviously, but you know, where do you get your idea you know, different? Where, how does the how does Joe Kelly's idea generation machine work? <laughs> oh, I uh, gosh, I wish I had a I wish I had a good uh, South Parkian answer for that of uh, you know manatees in a tank with eyeballs. <laughs> um, I. It's uh, a good start. I well, the truth the truth awesome is I like robot. to. Um, I I tend to say that I'm like a shallow writer in that whatever's kind of in my brain and sort of happening to me at the moment is, is what winds up in the work. And sometimes if the timing is right, that could be fast and important for that moment. And sometimes it's, Oh, I start something and then don't get a chance to finish it and move on. But um, yeah, like I kill giants came from stuff that was directly happening in my life uh, with my family characters who were influenced by, like I said, my wife and my daughter Um but then even, you know, like, <laughs> even like Superman, um, you know, the editor used to call me up and say, like, how are things going in the Kelly house? And I, I'd say, well, fine. Why, why are you asking? He's like, well, you know, Lois and Clark are doing a lot of bickering this month. And, uh, and <laughs> my wife, that was when she stopped reading my work, when she realized, like, li- things she literally said would pop up in the comics. Um, so I definitely pluck from, you know, people I know. Uh, situations that are going on uh, with me um, because I I need to have an emotional core to care about the thing. Any of this work takes a long time. Um, even a even a short story mm-hmm. like I did a um, there's a really cool project uh, called Traces of the Great War uh, that's going to be coming out this year 
and um, uh, it's with uh, Lycath, and um, it's very cool. And I just did a short story with Ken Nomura, uh, and you know, I, I'm not a, like a, a historian, is you know, set in World War One, but there was stuff that I could hook into about. Uh, I've got friends who who've gone overseas for war. I've got you know folks that I know uh, who have been impacted or who are in the military. And just being able to draw from that feeds a story. And I didn't have to go do a deep dive into, you know, history and, and specific battles or anything to find that, you know, the grist for the mill. So, um, and then sometimes it is something totally random, like uh, Four Eyes, uh, which is, uh, we're about halfway through that book and Max Fumar will laugh if I say, oh yeah, we're going to finish, but we really are going to finish. Um, that that literally just started as an idea. Of, I just had an image of a kid barefoot on a cobblestone street with a Tommy gun and a dragon. Uh, and I didn't really know what it meant and then started to obsess on it and build out an idea and go from there. So it's that combo of what is driving you personally and then what's the vehicle or the genre that's going to best get it out into the world. It's um, kind of how I try to do it. So all of Deadpool's angst and, you know, uh, inner turmoil, th those are things that I, not that I struggle with. I'm like, oh, should I murder people today or be a good guy? That's, uh, that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> voices in my head tend to stay quiet. But, um, but the idea of living up to your potential and wondering, uh, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, that versus the expectations of others. Um, and then what happens when those two things come into conflict where your moral compass is pointing in the right direction, but everybody else wants you to do something else? Can you take the hard road? I mean, that was the arc of his entire, you know, my, my first year on the book. Um, so, you know, yeah. those are things that uh, as, a, as a young writer and a new father, and you know, new husband, all that sort of stuff. I was thinking about those things, not not obviously in dramatic, you know, earth shattering terms. Sometimes it's just little stuff, but. That's what we do is you take those shared human experiences and then try to blow them out into a into a giant sweeping, you know, space opera superhero epic. And um, that's the fun of the job, too, when you pull it off. You know. Excellent. Well, we're actually coming up on our. On our hour, these hours are going too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I'm saying that now. You say that now. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the talk, it's funny. It's one of those weird, you know, when time doesn't make any sense, where you feel like talking to this person has gone quickly, but I definitely feel like I've been here for eight yeah. hours. <laughs> yes, uh, I feel like I've been here for about sixteen hours now. Oh, bless you! Yeah. You got up earlier than me though to get a train because yeah. you're a weirdo. Um, well, so I, I so before uh, before we say oh, goodbye. Go I, I'm just going to say, I feel bad that we went off on tangents. If you want to hit me with a lightning round, I'll give you less yes and no <laughs> questions really quick. If oh, gosh. If you had. If, you... if I'd have prepped oh, okay. that, I would, but uh, yeah. it's been eight hours. And I... <laughs> uh, well, I, okay, I, I've got one quick question. Oh, go on. Oh, is um, this, the, this is the question you're asking everyone? No. Oh, go on. Oh, yeah, no. Two quick questions. Right. First question is um, Ewoks or Porgs? I'm, I'm, I, I might get... Tarred and feathered. I, I'm I'm an Ewok guy. I'm sorry. I, I some people are not not fans. See, but Ewoks are good. I'm an Ewok guy. Yeah, I, 
Yeah. I like the Ewoks. <laughs> Barry's giving us both a look of straight up disappointment. <laughs> uh, but you know, he, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm, he's judging us internally. No, I'm not I can gonna see yuck it in his eyes. I've forgotten the other Y word. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna I'm not gonna yuck him or yum. So that's yeah. It's all good. It's all good. You like You're what not you like. alone, and uh, the other uh, the other guys at Man of Action would equally stare at me with with distaste. So you're you're in good company. <laughs> oh, that's all right, then. I feel like I should get a Man of Action badge or a T-shirt. <laughs> um, and my uh, second question is: What are you working on right this moment? So I'm. Uh... We're doing the the current Ben 10 uh, series on Cartoon Network. Man of Action uh, executive produces that. Uh, we have a Mega Man uh, animated show coming out uh, very soon um, this year. It's going to launch. They haven't given a specific date yet, but I'm really excited about that. It's super fun. Um, we are. I'm writing a um, another uh, film for Anders Walter um, based on one of his works, which has been great uh, working with him again. Um, I'm writing another graphic novel for Ken um, called Immortal Sergeant, which is one of those stories, again, very personal. Ooh. I wanted to do it for a long time. It's more of a dramedy, um, kind of road movie. Uh, okay. That's a very good title, though. Yeah. We both just went, ooh. <laughs> well, I hope, you, I hope you like it when it's finally done. Obviously, it won't be out for a little while because I'm, I'm still just in the writing process, but um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and it, it uh, took me a while to get to it, so I'm, I'm excited to be there. And... Um, and then a bunch of other stuff that uh, I, I couldn't necessarily talk about, but we'll, you'll hear about it soon. There's some video game stuff and there's um, other animated projects. So, yeah, it's, it's been a busy year and, uh, and a, a very good year. So I'm very grateful <laughs> to that. I was just going to say, not much on me. Yeah. Not yeah. Much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for, uh, for our 24-hour nonsense well, fest. Th- and thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, totally. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And um, thank you for doing this. It's very cool. You know, I, we didn't, I'm sure you already spoke about this, but uh, I really appreciate that you're doing this for charity. And, um, you know, uh, members of my family have uh, have had heart issues and, and I appreciate what you guys are doing, uh, you know, for the Heart Foundation. So that's very, very cool. And um, I hope people uh, donate and Follow your your good example. So thank you for that. Thanks, Aww, thank you. Oh, I'm more happy now. <laughs> <laughs> and on on that delightful note, um, thank you so much. And um, we'll, we'll be releasing this as a separate episode at some stage. So if you want to like make people listen to it and be like, hey, here's me talking a load of nonsense and Stace going off on a bunch of tangents. <laughs> it would be my pleasure. <laughs> then do may, feel may, free may to be- share. Yeah, maybe find a better way to say it than what Stacey's just I am said. great at self-promotion, Barry. Well, I just like you, that you think I can make people listen to anything, so I'll, I'm going to try my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like challenge accepted. Yeah, go on. You can do I'm it, Joe. Uh, but thank you guys so much, and good luck. I hope uh, I hope you have all your caffeine and or other beverages of choice handy so you're able to make it through the, <laughs> through the 24 hours. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I've got to hit that sweet spot between not being too tired, but also not exacerbating my own heart condition with caffeine. So oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, you're, you're in for a great ride then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh dear. Well, thank you again. And um, yes, hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Doot. Oh, my word. That was exciting, wasn't it? Do do we need to get. Who have you got next? We've got Luke from the Luke and Pete show and the football ramble and on the continent coming up next.